right. All right. We are back with episode 34 of Original Versus Cover. This is DJ Crystal Clear here at... <gasps> Excuse me. <laughs> As it should be well, studios. It's been one of those nights, and it hasn't worn off just yet, has it? <laughs> Too much Juneteenth celebration. Yeah, long weekend. Uh, very long weekend. I'm here with my engineer, Dr. Paul Bertolino. Whoa, yeah! In uh, his fabulous temperate studio today. The weather is perfect. It's a nice 72 degrees, a little breeze. It's like being in Northern California. Yeah. It's very nice. Uh, all right. Let's get it started with episode episode number one. Jesus, I did drink too much last night. <laughs> Song number one. It's called California Dreamin' apostrophe. Uh, the original was done by a Barry McGuire. Uh, oh, do I have the thing here? Do I have it written down? Blah 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 blah. Oh, I forget what what the name of that. Oh, Precious Time. Sorry, that's the that's name, the name of, the of the album. Precious Time, yeah. And it was 1963. Uh, oh, his, his version was 63. It was either 63 or 60. Well, it was written in 63, so it was either late 63 or 64. I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. See, I was drinking too much. Um, and uh, the two covers I have are The Mamas and the Papas, from their album California Dreaming that came out in 1965 and Bobby Womack from the best of Bobby Womack The Soul Years that came out in 2008 Wait, so Bobby Womack just did it on a comp album? Uh, Is it one of those comp albums that has like a new track? It it was recorded between 68 and 76 It was a bunch of songs that he did Oh, and it probably was just a single And they just slapped it together And that's the album it came out on Yeah because uh, I'd never, I looked through and I didn't see it on any, on any original record. Right. Now, Moms and Papas is uh, the album is uh, in your in your ear and out in your ear and oh, out the other side, side or whatever or the fuck it's called. Thing, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, if you can believe your eyes and ears, that's it. That's it. <laughs> in, in in your in your in, in your, your ear and out your rear your or whatever ass. the fuck it yeah, is. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> so people may know Barry McGuire from his hit song Eve of Destruction which I hate yes, I don't like that I, song I can't stand it I'm not a, a Barry Maguire fan did he do any other songs that were famous California Dreaming <laughs> <laughs> that's I it underst- I understand <laughs> just the two yeah so um, it was written in 1963 by John and Michelle Phillips they were living here in New York City during a very cold winter and uh, she was missing California, and I guess she was whining about it, and then they wrote the song. Uh, he worked on tunes at night, and one morning brought her the first verse, and then they uh, put it together. So at that time, the two of them were in a folk group called The New Journeyman. Huh? Before, well, it evolved into the Mugworms. Before the Mugworms, yeah. Yeah. And um, they got their first contract. Uh, Meeting Lou Adler, he was running Dunhill Records at the time, by Barry Maguire. So he helped get them signed. Barry Maguire, man, he had that, all he had was that one hit, but he was just like... All over the place. Yeah, he was like, everybody, yeah, he was like A-list for like three days. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) For a weekend, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. And so when he recorded it first, you can clearly hear Michelle and John singing the backing vocals. It's like... They took the Mamas and the Papas track and then put his vocal on top of it. It's mm. very weird. Um, 
so uh, it was done with the wrecking crew and uh, so Lou Adler was impressed by Michelle and John and when they became the Mamas and the Papas, he had the lead vocal track re-recorded with Denny singing the lead and um, doing some BVs and stuff like that. And the world-famous alto flute being played by Bud Shank. <laughs> Bud Shank. Bud Shank. You know him. And apparently he improvised that whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah. They just were like, we need a flute. Get Bud in here. Just listen to the thing. And it was probably fucking one take. Yeah. Knowing how, knowing how that shit rolled back in those days. <laughs> yeah, it was one take and one and done. They gave him 75 bucks and told him to get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah, here you go. Here's something people are going to be listening to for <laughs> ever generations to come. <laughs> There's your 50 bucks. Hit yeah, the bricks, yeah. kid. Uh, yeah. So, there's that. And the Bobby Womack version? Which I have not heard. You're in for a treat. <laughs> no doubt. Bobby Womack is uh, is a mixed bag. He is super mixed bag. That yeah. dude has done some of the most craziest covers ever. I could do a whole episode on just his covers. <laughs> He's done so many and of so many different genres and, and stuff. And yeah, he was a weird dude, Bobby Womack. Yes. A really weird dude. When did we see What year was that we saw him at the Apple store? 2013, 13. something like that. It was I right mean, before. It was like we're talking months before he died. Yeah, right before he died, and he, who was playing? Who was doing the music? I don't remember what was happening. I, what did he? He I, did an album with somebody, right? With some electronica sort of right person people. Uh, wasn't it like uh, the dude from? Uh, oh. Geez. <laughs> Uh, it was it was the guy with the guitar, <laughs> you know, guy. the one the one with the hair and the nose, yeah, um, the face, no, the face. Um, oh, I, I almost want to say is what's his name from Gorillas and and but no, it wasn't him. Oh, you know what? Was it him? It was him. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it was the Gorillas dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not going to try to, to, to search our brains right now for <laughs> right his name, even though we cabinet. do know. Yeah, but it was, yeah, it was the gorillas. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it was really cool. I thought. I thought he was... It was a, yeah, it was fine. It was just, I was just there to see Bobby Womack. Womack. I wasn't even really interested in that. Yeah, it, it was, turned out not being, you know, not being terrible. <laughs> but the thing I remember the most about him was that he painted his fingernails with black nail varnish. And mm. I hate that. Dude's a rock star. I can't do. stand that. Ugh. It's so gross. I don't care what color you are. When you paint your nails black, it makes you look like a chimpanzee. <laughs> and I really hate it. <laughs> and I don't like guys in nail polish. That makes me nuts. But that's just me. All right. So now we're going to listen to these and come back with a winner. <laughs> Eesh. All the leaves are brown. The sky is gray. Well, I got down on my knees 
<laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, the, the Barry McGuire version. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are we well, back? Yeah, we're back. <laughs> so. Oh, fuck. I mean. <laughs> okay, well let's let's get to, let's get to to the obvious. Yeah, moms and papas win. Shoot to the stars with that trophy. Mm-hmm. But you know Big what? Time. I don't think the, the Bobby Womack version is bad. I liked it. I, I like it, was, it. I thought it was pretty good. But yeah. yeah, it's another one of those things where like as good as that cover is, it can't touch. Yeah, moms yeah, and moms and papas. and papas is going to take it. Yeah, and fucking Barry Maguire. It's it's like like he got a it just sounds like a, a karaoke I mean, track. It's like right? some guy who can't fucking sing, some truck driver who can't sing. He sounds like Oscar the Grouch. <laughs> All the leaves are brown and the sky is gray. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, and that's then really it terrible. goes from that to like Eve of Destruction. Uh, what? Well, in Eve of Destruction, he he does the same voice. Yeah. Ugh. But that's the only way he knows that. It's just yeah, he just sounds like. A cranky like a construction old truck worker, driver. you know. Somebody <laughs> yeah. thrust a microphone in front of him. Sing a song. <laughs> All right, I can uh, sing a song. God damn it! Yeah. I'll sing a song like you pansies like song songs being sung. I'll sing a song. <laughs> What's this California dreaming hippie shit? Yeah. Uh, brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, that's terrible. I like the Bobby Womack too, and to me, that is. Um, it's kind of like. It's a like a concession that black singers made back in that time period, the '60s, where they would try, they would, they were, they were trying not to be a sellout, but they wanted to prove that they enjoyed these white people songs, kind of thing. Oh, is that what it was? I just thought they were like, well, hell, <laughs> this is where the money's at. Do do a Beatles song. Well, Fuck it, you yeah, know. but it's like it wrote a line because my parents. You know what I mean? Like, during that time period when I'm a little kid, they weren't buying that kind of Bobby Womack. They were buying... Legit Bobby Womack. Legit Bobby Womack. Bobby yeah. Womack. Right. And but then, they also liked The Who and The, and oh, the yeah, Beatles. Oh, yeah, yeah. My mom did, for sure. I mean, yeah. my father was more jazz and all that stuff. Yeah. But um, but then it's like, how many white kids were running out buying Bobby Womack's covers of Well, there were just there was so much of that, not just... You know, not just black artists. There were just so many artists. You know, like you have yeah. Tony Bennett, you right. know, doing something or whatever, tr- thinking that's going to get them hits. And it's like, and it doesn't work, work. that way, man. People yeah. aren't going to go, oh, you're doing something by the Beatles, therefore we're all going to buy your record. It's right. Just, it's, there's more to it than that. It's so weird. Yeah. <clears throat> but I love that Bobby Womack. I might have to do an all Womack show. All right. So, yeah, Mamas and the Papas win that. All right. Song number two is Standing in the Shadows of Love. And that was done by the Four Tops from their album called Reach Out in 1967. And I have two covers for this. I have Barry White, which was done in 1973 from his album called I've Got So Much to I Got So, I much, got to so give. much to Give. And then the second cover is by Rod Stewart. It came out in 1978 from his album Blondes Have More Fun. So... The Four Tops. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> yeah, this is just... Holland, Dozier, Holland, magic. You can't touch it. Well, also, Amazing I mean, vocal. you know, Barry White, great. Rod Stewart, great. But come on. Yeah. Come on. I mean, granted, we haven't listened to it yet, but I mean, this is just <laughs> one of those where it's obvious. like, you know, sight yeah. unseen. Yeah. It's, 
Yeah. <laughs> the other two are good, but it's it's no four tops. So you're going to listen to them now and then pick a winner. Standing in the shadows of love, I'm getting ready for the heartaches to come. Can't you see me standing in the shadows of love? I'm getting ready for the heartaches to come. I want to run, but there's nowhere to go. Cause heartaches will follow me, I know. Without your love, the love I need, it's the So what is it with you know the soul and R B artists of the early seventies doing cover always doing covers and doing like fucking ten minute versions like you got Barry White you got Isaac Hayes you know doing simple six three minute pop songs and turning them into like epic Inagata Devita <laughs> opus shit. Yeah. yeah I think particularly with those two Isaac and Barry because they were you know composers right well yeah. Uh, they had to flex that muscle. They, they were flexing like crazy. <laughs> like crazy. And when you have amazing bands that are going to crush that shit, well, that's what you get. Yeah, well, I don't know. I mean... That, Which is, of course, where Prince was coming from when he starts giving you shit like 1999. And, and yeah, yeah, Lady Cab Driver and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, it took three minutes and 45 seconds to get to the beginning of the vocal, which was... Just as groans. groaning, and but <laughs> but it was groaning. Uh, it went up the scale. It was like oh, oh. 
Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was highly musical growing. Yes, and then yeah, and then you get Rod Stewart, who just bam right in there. He's just Rod Stewart. He's Rod Stewart. You know, okay. It was very. If you listen to it closely, it's it's it's. Do you think I'm sexy? Yeah, well, it's from the same album. Yeah. So I'm just yeah. like. Well, you know, okay. Obviously, the four tops win. Yes. That's. Doesn't need that. We may as well not even say that. Right. Uh, but I'd say Rod Stewart loses because. Yeah, I think you know berries. If it was cut down to size, would be pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Rod Stewart, I don't really like his version, but one thing that struck me is like, damn, his voice sounds fucking great on this. Yeah. I mean, you know, his voice is great, but anything else about it is like, eh. eh. Whatever. Yeah. It's like, yeah, his voice was really great. Yeah. What year was that? 1980. Oh, 1978. 79. 78 or 79. 78. Yeah, he was in top form. I'll say. Good old Rod the Bod. All right. Song number three. I think you're going to like this, Paul. <laughs> At last! <laughs> Song number three is Crazy Horses. Oh, shit. Yeah! Uh, done by the Osmonds, the original version, from the album called Crazy Horses in 1972. And I only have one cover of this. Did you know that there were any covers of this? I, I know of at least one. Yeah. It's probably not the one I'm going to pick. <laughs> but I will say that uh, it's been covered by a lot of bands that I've never heard of before. Like the Sensational Alex Harvey Band. Oh, Sensational Alex, Har- Alex Harvey Band, yeah. Oh, I do know about them. Uh, the Mission, Tank, Lawnmower Death, D-E-T-H. He was very in for underground bands in the early 90s to do this song. Okay. Neil Morse, Mike Portnoy, The Frames... Electric Six, Pretty Maids, Tiger Tails with a Z, Butcher Babies, and The Golden Geese. Okay, well, never heard of them. Well, I'll, see, I'll hear what you. I'll hear which version you have before I mention the one I was thinking of. All right, the version I chose is the one by KMFDM. Oh. From their uh, album Godlike that came out in 1990, yeah. Shout out to Andy Black Sugar, <laughs> our friend who is in KDMFDM <laughs> 90210. That's right. Yeah. So it's probably Andy's guitar that we hear on this thing. Why? Well, well, I don't know. When was that recorded? 1990. Oh no, oh, Andy was in before the band. Him? Oh, okay. He only was in, has been in the band for like the, maybe the last four or five. Oh, years. F- oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. Yeah. I can't keep. Up with him because yeah. he's blondie or he's in everything KMFDM or whatever. Andy Black Sugar, look him up. He's an amazing guitar player. Uh, all right, so are you familiar with KMFDM and their Steez? Uh, yeah, sort of. I know you don't want to be, but you've heard it. I, I mean, you know, I, I'm I, I think I kind of imagine it more than I really know it. I imagine it's probably electronic goth. <clears throat> Kind of ding 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 ding. Yeah, ding. yeah, I mean you know it's just I don't I don't have to hear it. <laughs> yes. I don't, you know, no more calls, please. We have a winner. <laughs> All right, so Crazy Horses is a 1972, god damn, 72, hit single by the Osmonds, the title track from the album of the same name. The song, the only hit record from the Osmonds to feature Jay as the lead vocalist. Because mm. there were how many were there? Eight, uh, five, eight. six. Well. Depends on, well, how many were actually in the band, because there were oh. more than what were in the band. Right. 
Um, but like on the Andy Williams show, it was. Oh, but I think five that's the thing. I think it was like four or five, and then then they got in. Then Donnie, Donnie was like the new guy, new one, right? Because he know? was super tiny. Yeah. And then as he got older, because the oldest one is like a hundred years older than Donnie Osmond. Right, but I think the oldest one, the, the oldest like two brothers, were never in it. Were, oh, were never were never performers. Like one of them actually, I think, was born deaf. Oh, word. Oh, I think, okay. or something like, or or has you're hearing issues with, like it was yeah some issue where like the two oldest brothers just were never involved no, in that that end of things oh. who knows they probably they're probably all business yeah could be um it reached number 14 on the US Billboard Hot 100 chart and number 2 in the UK singles chart i always thought that album cover was really weird it yeah. made no sense for people who don't know this album cover it's them in a junkyard right yeah with different costumes on. Well, they they they're wearing. Oh yeah, they are wearing different costumes. W- one of them actually has a mechanics outfit, outfit on, on, but they but, don't all. But one like, of one them of is like a chauffeur and like a soda jerk with the hat. Yeah. And the white coat and something else. It's very weird. I don't understand it. Um, and the perspective of the photo reminds me of Tommy. The end of Tommy. Yeah. When they're running through. This is like a car. mountain of, of cars. Smash cars, yeah. Yeah. Very weird. Um, so, for people who are not familiar with this song, you better get on it. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know it, you're going to be surprised. You're going to be surprised. You need to listen to it. So, Merrill, and I'm not sure where he falls in line. <laughs> <laughs> he said of the song, I mean, he's one of the older ones. Before that, my brothers and I had been what's now called a boy band. All our songs were chosen for us by the record company, but now, having been successful, we wanted to freak out and make our own music. We were rehearsing in a basement one day when Wayne started playing this heavy rock riff. I came up with a melody and Alan got the chords. Within an hour, we had the song. I had always been the lead singer, but I sang Crazy Horses with Jay. The line, what a show, there they go, smoking up the sky, had to be sung higher. So I did that, and Jay did the verses because his voice was growlier. And this track was heavier than anything we'd ever done. <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's no bullshit. That's no, <laughs> yeah. Merrill Osmond also added that the record company initially was skeptical the song would be successful, but relented when it performed well in the charts, particularly in the UK, where it proved to be a breakthrough for the quintet, as well as much of the rest of Europe. <clears throat> and then Jay Osmond says, The song was recorded at MGM in Hollywood, and we, had, we added that distinctive wah-wah intro sound afterwards. Alan had written the lyrics which talked about horsepower and said, It's got to sound like a horse somehow. We tried everything, then finally found something on Donnie's organ that sounded like a neighing stallion. So a lot of people think that it's a theremin. That's what I used to think. Well, there's it also a little strip. Some of those keyboards, they have those little strips that you exactly. slide your finger on. Yes. Yeah. So it was a YP-30 Yamaha organ with a portamento slide. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, we had a wall of marshals in the studio. It was so loud that you couldn't even walk in the studio, so we had to play the organ from the control room. <laughs> My brother Alan actually played it on the record. I played it live. But the secret to it was a wah-wah pedal. We opened the wah-wah just enough to get that really harsh kind of a piercing sound, but it was the loudness of the marshals that got us that sound, and then we doubled it. That was the secret to the sound. Ooh. Yeah. 
All right. Now the secret is out. Now Secret's you know. Out. Now you know. But yeah, yeah, that's that's like a straight up like riffy heavy guitar, like it's pra- like, it's practically Led Zeppelin. Yeah, it's a heavy metal song yeah. from these sweet and innocent young and no, whatever. Uh kids from Utah. Yeah. Um the KMFDM ABCDEFG is Exactly what you said earlier. Electronic goth, yeah. And yeah. I bet I know what the voice sounds like. <laughs> There's a message floating. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're going to listen to these and uh, choose a winner. <laughs> see why they would cover it yeah yeah. i get it but it's terrible (laughs) yeah i mean the osmonds obviously win that yeah (laughs) oh yeah and uh of course the controversies around that song when it came out oh it's about marijuana oh it's about drugs Ah." crazy horses Horses, heroin heroin. Yeah. yeah and it was not it was about Automobiles and Hence horse the cover. horsepower. Yes. So there's that. Yay, Osmonds. All right. Song number four is called Whole Lot of Love. And that was done by Led Zeppelin from their album Led Zeppelin 2 that came out in 1969. And I have two covers for this. The first cover is done by King Curtis and the Kingpins. It was a single only, released by Atco Records, and it reached 64 on the Hot 100 and number 43 on the R&B chart. And a live version was recorded at the Fillmore West that was included on his 1971 album called Live at Fillmore West. Uh, people who don't know King Curtis, he's an amazing sax player. That was his steez. So it's an instrumental. Uh, and then my second cover is done by Tina Turner ah. from her 1975 album Acid Queen. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes, which was released by United Artists. Her version reached 61 on the Billboard R&B chart and number 45 on the Record World R&B chart. Record World, that's something you don't hear anymore. Um, so, the original... Uh, it's another example of Led Zeppelin being rip-off artists. Uh, they were adapted from Willie Dixon's You Need Love. Recorded, inspired by. Inspired by. <laughs> um, that uh, was recorded by Muddy Waters in 1962. Originally uncredited to Dixon, a lawsuit in 1985 was settled with a payment to Dixon and credit on subsequent releases. And if you want to get the full dirt on that, go to Wikipedia, because it's always a soap opera with these Led Zeppelin kids stealing shit. Yeah. Uh, sorry. It's ridiculous. Um, so, yeah. We're going to... It's uh, Everybody knows a whole lot of love. Led yeah. Zeppelin. I yeah. mean, come on. You've probably heard it. Yeah, mm, sort of popular with the kids. Uh, I doubt people have heard the King Curtis version, and I doubt that they heard Tina Turner. So, we're going to listen to them and then pick a winner. You need <laughs> Gee, I wonder who wins. Who is going to win? Yeah. Mm. Well, yeah. obviously Led Zeppelin, but I will say that, you know, Tina Turner Tina sounded good. I like her version was cool and everything. It's just, uh, you know. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Three-minute intro. Oh, well, yeah, there's that. But, I mean, but once it starts once you get into the meat and potatoes of it, I mean, you know, she sounds great. Yeah. It's a... Uh... I think that she was still feeling herself after working with The Who, um, for, with Tommy. You know right. what I mean? Well, she was definitely 
always kind of getting she was she was into a lot of rock stuff like oh. the whole the whole reason they were doing rock stuff in Nicotina is because she was bringing right. it in yeah 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 um definitely she was always doing rock stuff um but this in particular especially this vo- her vocal here I just feel as though she was still like riding that wave I mean she named the fucking record Acid Queen yeah so, Wait, what, what's the year on that album? 76? 75. Oh, 75. Oh, it was the same year. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. It's sexy. It's Tina Turner. You know, it's Tina Turner. Uh, the King Curtis instrumental. Well, you know, it's just jazz sax over <laughs> yeah. the guitar riff. Right. You know, it's like, which... It's not. Two great tastes that don't taste great, <laughs> great together. together. <laughs> <laughs> they cancel each other out, sort of. Kind of, yeah. Because uh, the guitar, I mean, the it's great. It's smoking. It's fantastic. But his his sax isn't even up high enough in the mix. It's kind of in the background. Yeah. It's weird. I'm sure it was better live, I'm sure. It was funky, and she's funky sexy, but Led Zeppelin wins. Whoa, yeah. Whoa, yeah. All right. Song number five is Burning Up by Madonna (laughs) from her debut album, Madonna, that came out in 1983. And the cover that I have is done by Mike Watt. Oh, from Firehose. From from Firehose. And... And from the Stooges. Yes. He was in the la- the, the Latter-day, Latter-day Stooges. Stooges. Um, but it's not just him. Uh, it's with Chicone Youth. Mm. Right. And this is from so the... So it's basically a Sonic Youth thing. Yeah. So this is from the Whitey album <laughs> that came out in 1988. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it's his original demo with them making all this fucking noise in the back so people who don't know who Chicone Youth is it's Sonic Youth and they did a cover album of Madonna songs essentially and the breakout was um, Into the Groovy where they had her sample in it and it's Thurston Moore and what's Kim Gordon Kim Gordon all this weird echoey guitar shit and then you hear do 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 sweet sensation and it's a hot mess yeah I kind of like it though because it is such a mess but then that's the only Sonic Youth I like I can't stand Sonic Youth Sonic Youth doing Sonic Youth no no thank you Doing this, I'll take it. Uh, yeah. So Madonna, burning up. I mean, you know. Well, it's a. Big... It's, that's my favorite Madonna song. Oh, that's right. I forgot. Yeah, yeah. It's a great song. And you yes, know, I have a favorite Madonna song. Folks. He does. Yes. I, I'm not. I'm not going to explain any further. Please pick yourselves up off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> he does. And uh, yeah, it's sassy ass Madonna versus some rich kids making noise so we're gonna hear <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're gonna hear these two and uh and negate somebody
No point. Madonna wins. Yeah. And scene. I I have chosen Madonna as winner how many times now on this fucking show? <laughs> Not this episode, but just over the course of your podcast. A I lot. mean, Madonna just I'm just giving her the props left and right. You are, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. God, that was awful. Well. Yeah. It, it more pointless, I, I almost than awful. Yeah. I mean, usually Sonic Youth is awful. This was merely pointless. <laughs> <laughs> Point, yes, pointless uh, overrides awful. Why would you even bother to do this? What is the point of it? For yeah. what? Just because you can, I guess? I guess you know, they're, they're artists, man. They're yeah. trying to understand. And they had money to fuck around and do whatever they wanted. Yeah. Fuck you, Sonic Youth. All right. <clears throat> the last song of this episode, number 34, is Get This Party Started. And it's a song by Pink from her album Misunderstood that came out in 2001. And I have one cover of this by the unbelievably amazing Shirley Bassey from her album called Get the Party Started that came out in 2006. Well, shit. I know. And just wait. Just you wait. So, Pink... Uh, was this her first album? No, it's not her first album. No, it's not her first album. But this was a huge hit for her, Get This Party Started. You could not swing a dead cat without hearing this song. It was on MTV every five seconds. It was all over the TV. Big, big hit. And it was written and produced by Linda Perry. Uh. Every- oh. <laughs> Everybody's now we know what's up. Favorite songwriter. Um, the two of them are an unbeatable team, I gotta say. She's written a ton of hits for her. So. Uh, yep. Oh, my ride is Again, back. you know, they keep coming back to check if you're ready to go. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah, did you ever hear this song? Maybe. You, uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I, I don't mean, know. not on purpose. You might have heard it in a supermarket or something because it's turned into that now. And then Shirley Bassey. Ah! Uh, I, I didn't know she was fucking still alive, let alone <laughs> doing this. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I mean, uh, next you're going to tell me there's a fucking Mae West version of this. <laughs> oh, you didn't hear it? It was in Sextet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Shirley Bassey blows the roof off the sucker. She sounds amazing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's incredible and such a great song for her to pick to sing it's great so uh we're gonna listen to these and then pick a winner 
Linda Perry must just have been tickled to death uh, that this happened. Tickled Tickle pink, pink, as it were. Uh, <laughs> but that fucking pink track, I, I, I've probably heard it. Even listening to it just now, I'm, I'm not like, oh, yeah, that. It just, it sounds like a TV commercial. Yeah. It just, like, I just, it just sounds like a, a TV commercial. It's like, okay, what, what is this selling? Right. Yeah. Uh, in this case, it's selling Pink's ass, but you know. <laughs> and I think it was used in at least one commercial. Yeah, it had to have been. I mean, and I don't, and it isn't even that. It isn't like, oh, well, yeah, it sounds like that because that song, like, no, it sounds like a, a hundred fucking different yes. TV commercials that just do that exact thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that we're probably doing that thing before that song. Oh, I yeah. don't think that song invented that sound. Oh, hell no. No. That sound is very. You know, late '90s, early aughts, for yeah. sure. And party, you know, I, yeah. It, that song was ran into the ground, under the ground, to the core of the earth. Ugh. She was on every award show, every every place, and <clears throat> yeah, it was ubiquitous, as the kids say. But that Shirley Bassey, Hachi Hachi, <laughs> <laughs> and. Shirley Bassey wins. Yes, I, I give it. To, I mean, you know, I'm not that into that version, but there's a whole list of reasons to choose that one over the Pink version. It should be a James Bond theme. She turned yeah. it into a James Bond theme. Basically, yeah. so great. It's cinematic. It, yes, super cinematic. The strings, the bombast. Oh my God, so great. Yeah, Shirley Bassey wins, hands down, hands the fuck down. Sorry, Pink. And yes, Linda Perry was tickled Pink. More money for her. Well, uh, well. When I said that, though, I mean obviously money, but I mean I honestly, oh. even beyond that, like she must have been like, holy shit, shit. you know? Yeah, you that know. would be amazing to have Shirley Bassey sing a song that you wrote. Incredible. All right. Ooh, excuse me. That is the end of episode number thirty-four. Coming at you from As It Should Be Studios in Crooklyn, New York. Thank you, Doctor Bertolino. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, we'll see you soon with episode 35 of Original Versus Cover. Thank you for listening. Tell your friends, spread the word, send in suggestions. You can email me at djcrystalclear@me.com, and that's crystal and clear with C's, not K's, because I'm old and I spell things correctly. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Thank you for listening, and happy motoring, everybody.